Okay, good evening everyone. Welcome to Kehilat Chavirim. And the Svasem is on Parshas Chayisara. So here we're getting to the end of Sari Menu's life. Right? People point out that it's interesting. The Parsha is called Chayisara. And um, it's really the end of her life. And Rashi, right from Chazal, he picked up on the repetition right? And it says, And then it repeats, The years of the life of Sarah. Okay, so Rashi brings that that means Kulon Shovin Latova. Three words. All, equally, let's translate it right now as good for the second. Even the Litova has that Lamed that'll be important. So, if you imagine that we were interviewing Sarah Imenu, right, doing a documentary on her life, at the end of her life, you go over there, she brings you some tea and cookies, and you ask her, Sarah Imenu, how was your life? She says, Baruch Hashem, good, good, a wonderful life. Say, um, always good? Yeah, but, but not equally good. Oh, yes, all equally good. But then you start to be the hard-hitting reporter. Weren't you like... Unable to have kids for like decades? Yeah. Weren't you kidnapped by Paro? Yeah. And Avimelech? Yes. You had conflict with Hagar? Yes. So, what are you saying? All equally good. How can that be? Right? We read the story. We read the story here. We see the things they went through. They went to Egypt because it was famine. Famine's not a joke. Famine means, you know, you're, you're dying of starvation. All these were equally good now, the Medrash applies to this Apostle Tillim, Yodea Hashem Yemei Tamimim. Hashem knows, okay, and whenever you see the word knowing in Tanakh, it doesn't just mean knowing like knowing the information, it means like connecting with, like Vayeda Odom Eschava Ishto, right? And that was how children were born, right? Meaning connecting together. So he explains that this is an illustration of a midah called Midas Ha'ishtavus Shekosav B'Sefer Chovas Halavavas. Okay, so this is a midah that we don't see in our usual list of midos. Right? We know the midah of Chesed, Gvura, etc. The midah of Hishtavus is really cool. What is it? He says, V'umayla Gedola Lios Odom Omed B'Tmimuso B'Choma She'Overlo. It means that a person remains, he's going to explain it a little bit later, the idea of tummy means connected. You don't lose your connection, right? You remain who you are, you remember where you're coming from, you remember where you're going to, you remember who runs the world, no matter what happens. Now let's examine the word for a second. Hishtavus, or hishtavut, has in it the word shaveh, equal. So on one hand it means that you remain equal. That's what we call equilibrium, right? You can maintain your equilibrium. That's the cool thing about watching a surfer, right? That you can have the ocean going up and down under him, but he maintains his equilibrium, which is on there, right? But here, the way you maintain your equilibrium is by understanding that everything is shave. There's something that equalizes all situations. All situations are really equal. How? Because you understand where every situation comes from. 
Every situation comes from Hashem. Every situation that you're in is one that enables you to be an Oved Hashem. There is a form of Avodah Hashem in each situation. He says, V'yesh nisoyin la'ani, v'yesh la'ashir. Right? This is an example the Mesil Zeshoyim brings also. You can be poor and you can be rich. And we're not denying the fact that when you're poor, you're limited. Chazal said, Ani nechshav kames. A poor person, in certain ways, is compared to someone who is dead, meaning their functionality in this world is very limited. Okay? So Chazal recognized there's differences between when a person is Ani and Asher in terms of the facts on the ground. But in terms of Avodah Hashem, each one has their challenges, each one has their opportunities. They're both the same. If you play the situation right, it's good. If you play it wrong, it's not good. One can be harder, one can be easier, but in terms of Litova, each one is equal. It says, Sarah, there were definitely times that were difficult in Sarah's life. The Ravon, right, the famine, in the end of their lives, right, they were comfortable. They were wealthy. They were at peace. He says, She was not changed by the situation that was happening. That's the key of the Midah of Ishtavos. The Midah of Ishtavos is, I remain me no matter what's happening. I remember who I am, I live as I am and as I'm supposed to be, and that determines the situation. Okay? So he says, when the Mishnah tells us in Ovos, Asar nisyonis nisnasa Avram Avinu Levashom ba'omad b'kulam, the Mishnah says Avram Avinu was tested with ten tests. They use a strange word for succeeding in those tests. Omad, he stood. That doesn't sound very exciting. You think he overcame, right? Or it says he was omid. Because the nature of a test is like the wind blowing you really strongly. And Avram Avinu said, All the winds of the world were not able to move Avram Avinu from his mokom. Okay, now the word mokom is, is fascinating. Obviously, this is an image, right? I imagine an image, it's never good to imagine the Avos in a picture. Remember, Shashiva said he never liked these coloring books for kids in which Avram Avinu was, you know, this kindly looking old man with a long beard, because he says, then you never grow out of it. He said, the image of Avram Avinu is supposed to be growing with you as you learn more and you grow. Right? It's not good to have it locked in. But this picture of the Nisayan of all the winds in the world blowing, I imagine somebody with a really big, long, thick beard and these howling winds, you know, and the two sides of his beard are like going back there on either side of him and he's not budging. So this is the image, he says, of Avram Avinu. Now he says, This is a puzzling statement. He said he didn't feel what was happening to him. Now, that doesn't seem to fit. We see in the Psukim of Romavinu reacting to situations constantly. Right? He's, he's going to war, he's negotiating, he's doing all these different things. But what it means is he was not moved by those things to feel that the world has changed. The world is Hashem's world. There's me and Hashem, 
and he puts me in all sorts of different situations. And my instructions and everything is the same. Find out what Ratzon Hashem is and do it. And nobody can take that away from you. So he says, this is how they were tomim. They were tomim by never forgetting themselves, never forgetting who they were. Now he says, this is not really the normal way of human beings. We often change because of what's happening to us or around us. Right? I wake up in the morning, I'm tired, I'm grumpy, I'm one person. Right? I go, there's no milk for the coffee, I'm grumpier, I'm another. Right? I take in the mail and there's a check that I wasn't expecting, I'm now very happy. Right? Different person. And, and I'm like a ping pong ball. As the day is doing different things to me, I become different people. He said, that's what happens usually to people. But he says, They acted differently, they reacted differently, but they were always them. Okay, that is the idea of the Tamimus, that's the Mida of Hishtavus. I was once, I took a group around, walking around, the, it was around the Shuk, but kind of uh, before the light rail. So we, we started off at the Eitz Chaim Yeshiva, Right, which uh, was always there, right uh, at the corner. And that's where Rabbi Levine was the mashgiach of the yeshiva. And I was telling them a few things. I noticed an old man like hanging off on the edge. like He was both listening to what I was saying, but he was kind of bouncing up and down, and I got the feeling he wanted to say something. So I, I said, um, did you know Rabbi Levine? He says, I did. He said, he visited me in prison, once under the British and once under the Jews. Okay, so everybody gave me an ovation. I said, can you share something that you learned from Ravaya with us? He said, I have many things. He says, I'm going to tell you something very unique. He said, I have a relative in America who studies handwriting, graphology. He said, I took a letter that I had from Ravaya Levine. Without telling him who the person was, I sent him the letter. I said, analyze this letter. Tell me about this person. He wrote back to me. He said, the person who wrote this letter is governed only by his conscious and not by his subconscious. Okay, now I don't know what we feel about graphology or not, but that image is fascinating. That means what he saw was a person who decided, based on his own decision, what he does and how he's going to react to things. Our strings are pulled in so many ways, right, the whole analysis of the subconscious is that we often don't even know why we acted or reacted in response to different things. He was a person who was able to actually be himself. And that is what makes things shavim latova. Okay, so that's the picture that's there. Now, he says, what does it mean that the years are tomim? The Svasema says, because they're really above time. What does that mean to be above time? He brings the fascinating Talmud Yushalmi, right? Yushalmi in Brachos, right in the beginning, actually, for those who are starting the Yushalmi cycle. I am not, but some people are getting very excited about it. So, David HaMelech said, Ura Nevel Vechinor Oiro Shachar. Right? David HaMelech would wake up with his musical alarm clock. The wind would blow through his instruments, and that would cause them to make sounds. And he would wake up before dawn. Okay, now they explain this phrase, which we usually read as, I wake up in the morning. 
as saying, Ani meir hashachar, ve'ein hashachar meir oti. David Amel says, I wake up the dawn, the dawn doesn't wake me up. So what does that mean? It's just a fancy way of saying he got up early? No. He says, what I do, I view a day as something in which I am going to be me. Wake up day, I'm David HaMelech, I have to be David HaMelech in you. Not, let's see who I'm going to be today, depending on what happens with the day. Okay, it's this very proactive as opposed to reactive type of person. It's a person who's able to decide to do what they're supposed to do. He says, because every day there's going to be his chadshas. When we say kulam shavim latovah doesn't mean that days are identical. Days are always different. And they come in many different forms. He says, therefore, there are changes of things that are latova, that are lara. <laughs> their understanding that they're connected to something which is above time enables them <coughs> to treat what's happening here in time as equal. Meaning this is a situation which is created by Hashem and it's created here for something to be done. There was a story about a man who came to a certain Rebbe and he was known to be an angry type of guy. So he met with this Rebbe, and he left his meeting with the Rebbe, went out into the waiting room, and the Rebbe called this Gabai over to him, and he said, said, I want you to try to get that man angry. Okay, do whatever you can to try to get him angry. All right? So the man happened to overhear this. <coughs> so the Gabai came over to him and said, I don't know why the Rebbe even lets you into the base, this space medrash. He says, I see your point. I can see that, right? And I hate looking at your face. I'm sorry, I'll maybe try to bring something to cover it up next time. I couldn't get angry. So the Rebbe called him in again a little bit later. He says, um, you, you know, my Gabbai tested you to see if you would get angry. You did very well. You didn't get angry at anything. He says, I gotta be honest, okay? I heard you tell him to test me. I knew it was just a test. He says, why is it any different when Hashem sends you these tests throughout the day, somebody else is doing something. And Hashem's saying, get this person angry, try to get him to hold on to himself and remember who he is. The idea of losing ourselves, of not being ourselves, is a very frightening thing. Anger is one of the things which they say causes a person to not be themselves. The Zara Kodesh explains that really deep changes happen inside and a, person, um, and a person's neshama kind of loses control and the sitra achra, so to speak, takes over when a person is angry. And we sense that. After we kind of cool down a little bit and we want to apologize to someone, we say, I'm sorry when I you know, yelled at you this morning, I wasn't myself. That's a very scary thing to say. I wasn't myself, so who were you? Okay, that's the tremendous danger of it. A person with the midah of hishtavus remains themselves in those different situations. They bring here in the notes of this edition, the Svasemis from the Tzavos Harivash. He says, this is an application of the Pasuk, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Tomid. 
So the most common explanation, Shavisi Hashem the Negdi Tamid, is constantly seeing the presence of Hashem in front of you throughout. But here he brings the Baal Shem Tov said, Shivisi Aloshan of Ishtavos, Bechol Dvar HaMaora HaKol Shove Etzli. Whatever is happening, everything's equal. Meaning, Bein Be'in Yen Shemeshab Chimoso. Let's say everybody is praising you and cheering you on to do something. Or, he says, if people are cursing you out and putting you down. It doesn't affect you. The only thing is what's right or what's wrong. I read a story, a little hard to believe. It's a crazy sounding story, but it illustrates the principle. Back on the Kotzker Rebbe had his famous chabura of a very fiery Hasidim. So there was a man who wanted to go see what was happening in Kotsk, what it was like. So he came into the base medrash, and they were learning, and there were lions among that group. There's the Chidush Yarim, the first Ger Rebbe, the Avni Nezer, the first Sochachov Rebbe, Reb Hanelchav Alexander, and others, lions, and tremendous Talmud Echachomim. And he was extremely impressed by this group. So he decided to stay a bit longer, and it came to be Shabbos. And it was a beautiful Shabbos. There was davening. And um, then he, uh, he woke up, and everyone's, he kind of he slept very late. They had some lechaims at night. And everyone's sitting around the table, and there's a bottle of wine on the table, and there's a silver kiddush cup. Now, he just woke up in the morning. And they said, come, come, make kiddush. I'm like, you don't make Kiddush before davening. What, what, what is this? Right? I didn't understand, but they're, they're huge Tamir Chachamim. And they're sitting around the table. And they're waiting for him to make Kiddush. So he sits down and they say, please. And he pours the cup of wine. And he's holding it. And his hand is shaking. And he faints. When they wake him up, they said, you passed the test. Right. In other words, they said, we had gotten up early, we davened actually already, we let you sleep, and we're going to see if the fact that you were impressed by us right, was going to get you to do something you knew was wrong. The midah of Yishtavos is, even if there are tremendously big people there, right, if you know somehow that this is something that shouldn't be done, you'll remain yourself. The midah of Kotsk was emes. Right? That was the thing you were supposed to be True and straight, through and through. So this is the idea of Ishtavas, which is there. Now, the applications of it are many. A person sometimes will think, okay, when it involves physical hardship and things like that, you can deal. But what about if the situation limits me in terms of what I can do spiritually? How can I call that litova? How can I call that? And we know even physical situations affect what you can do. If a person's ill, they often can't do mitzvahs they would do otherwise. How can I call that litova? So the answer is that what's equal in all situations is doing ratzon Hashem. It may not be the picture you have of what doing ratzon Hashem will be, but that's ratzon Hashem, and that can never be taken away from you. I always go back to this tefillah that was written by a Dutch Jew in the concentration camps to be said before eating chametz on Pesach. 
I saw they, they actually, the piece of paper he wrote it on survived the war. They published it in a book. He said, Rebona Shalom, you commanded us not to eat chametz on Pesach. You also commanded us, you have to live in the mitzvahs and not die. I'm now prepared. The Kayim mitzvah to fulfill the mitzvah of living in your mitzvahs by eating chametz on Pesach. That's the midah of Hishtavos. And not only to do it, but to be able to do it b'simcha. Rav Gudel Eisner, who I mentioned last week, said that toward the end of the war was when um, Hungarian Jews were brought to the concentration camps. And some of them came, it was close to Pesach, and they asked him, what do you do on Pesach? He says, he eat chametz. You got to live. And he said, they did it, but many of them didn't know how to do it b'simcha. And the sorrow weakened them so much. Right? A person who realizes that HaKadosh Baruch is in charge of a situation, puts you in a situation, is there with you in that situation. Right? It says, You will seek out from there Hashem Elokecha, and you'll find Him. If you seek Him out with all your heart and all your soul, so the question is, okay, Misham, from where? The answer is, anywhere. Wherever that Shom is, you can find Hashem, you can connect with Him, and you can follow His ways. Okay, now, now we get to what bothered me with this. Avram and Sarah were tremendous tzaddikim. She can look back and say, it's true, I had harder times, had easier times. Kulam shavim latova. All equally good. But what about people who did things that were wrong? Right? How, can, how can I look back at life with that? What happens if I did mess up? Right? If the situation got to me and I did not remain my true self, I was other people that I really wouldn't have wanted to be. What about that? Two answers to it. Number one, that Lamed that we mentioned in the beginning. It doesn't say Kulam Tovim. Right? They were all Tov. They were all Shavim Litova. Each situation that you were in has the potential to lead to good. Gamzu Litova. This situation that I'm in right, is also leading to good, has potential to good. Okay, so what if I did the wrong thing? And, you know, there's a fascinating Ramban, last week's Parsha, where it says that Sarah, right, really um, caused pain to hugger. So the Ramban says this was a great chet that was done by Sarah Imenu. And also Avram Avinu for not stopping her. And he said because of that, the Jewish people suffer from the descendants of Ishmael, as even today... Right in the news, right? So, so eh, Avram and Sarah, at least according to that opinion, also had times that something went wrong. But you have the power of taking that event and then making that Latova. We know that when a person does tshuva me'ava, afilo zdonos nasim kishuyas, even things that you did intentionally wrong become things that are positive. Your averus can be Latova meaning you can turn them into good. You can utilize those experiences for good. You can transform the past, making something that perhaps then was negative, it can always be Litova. 
That's what we see from such people. Now, where it comes down to day to day is that sense of calm of people who can retain calm and not, so to speak, lose it in difficult situations. Right? The very words that we use in English, that, that idea of losing it. Oh man, today you know something went wrong and I lost it. What did you lose when you lose it? The main thing you lose first and foremost is you lose yourself. Right? You, you lose yourself. You lose your ability to connect that and steer that situation into the way that's you and for a person that understands into connecting it to Hashem. So just a couple stories, examples of uh, people that I knew and, and saw sometime that had this midas uh, ishtavos uh, in very special ways. Rabbi Ram Genachovsky, that's all. We mentioned him in the past. So uh, again, I, I um, knew him during some very difficult times. He was in Boston with a child who was in the hospital. And uh, he always maintained his calm, his simcha, his halachic thinking, his really tamimus in terms of perfection, in terms of benorum lamokum, benorum lachavero, so that everyone around, whether the non-Jewish nurses or doctors, the other patients, everyone, were just in love with him. There was something that was there at the time. When his son passed away, so the funeral went through New York. I met the funeral there at the airport. And they were all being careful to thank everyone who came to their son's funeral. They say even that the Rebetzin came back to Boston after the shiva because she was afraid that in the rush, she didn't thank all the nurses and doctors properly. So she wanted to go back um, for that. Um, there's an event, again, that I wasn't there, but I heard about and it was written about that his house um, went up in fire, his house in B'nai Brak, which was there, it, it caught on fire. And at the time, so he went outside, he was watching the fire, and one thing he was doing particularly was being sure to thank all the firemen for coming, especially because there were a few people around who wanted to complain that they didn't come quickly enough he wanted to be sure to thank all of the different firemen. He then sat down and started writing something. When they asked him what he was writing, he said, well, I'm writing a ksuva, right? because in case our ksuva burnt up, you're not supposed to live at home with your wife if you don't know where the ksuva is, so I'm writing a new one. And then he offered to write new ones for any of the neighbors whose apartments might have got damaged by the water or the smoke damage. Right? He then started raising money to cover the expenses of the neighbors who may have to have done repairs to their houses from those things. Um, somebody came over to him at the time. Again, the person didn't know that he was the person whose house was going up in flames. Rabbi Ram had this growth on the back of his head, some type, of, some type of growth, mole, whatever it was called. So this man came over, and he kind of saw him, and he tapped him on the shoulder. He says... Did you show that thing you have to a doctor? Well, I'm saying, yes, I, I did. He says, you really should do something about it. It's kind of big or something like this. <laughs> yeah, you know, he says, it's getting better. <laughs> so, you know, you're thinking, my house is burning down. <laughs> you're bugging me about this thing on my neck, right? 
Ishtavos, right? What's the, the right thing to do? Uh, a man came running over to him. He was a teacher, and he was actually supposed to bring his class to Rav Ram's house the next day to be tested. So he said, uh, Ram, I, 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 you know, so we won't test the children tomorrow. He says, why not? He says, we'll just have to do it in the shul, because my house is kind of not operational right now. And uh, then somebody else was standing there, and a person asked him, what about your writings that you wrote for years? All your notebooks were there in the house, right? What's, what's going to be with them? He said, Daiga, he says, is only for fingernails. And I was like, what? He says, yeah, that's, Ramah gives this symbol, the order to cut your fingernails in, like bid Daiga or something, two, four, one, three, five. That, that, that's that's what, what worry is for. In the end, miraculously, his writings were okay. Those, those were his life's work. So again, these are extreme levels. But when you see that, you can learn from it at least a little bit, right, on your level. Shlomo Zalman Orbach um, was in the hospital with his wife. She had just passed away. And he was walking out with some family members to go and arrange the funeral. One of his students walked into the lobby of Shari Tzedek at the same time, and he comes running over to Rabbi Shlomo Zalman, all alight. He says, Rabbi, I got a mazel tov. My wife had a baby last night. He goes, mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov, and he gives him all these great brachas. And afterwards, people said to him, why didn't you tell him? He says, why should he have to have his simcha spoiled? He didn't do anything wrong. Right? He didn't know. the bracha. Right? This is the idea of being able to remain yourself at the time. Oftentimes, again, we're so into this mode that the day is going to shape us and the situation that we use as an excuse. We justify being angry. We justify taking revenge. We justify doing wrong things. We justify just checking out and deciding not to do things because of the situation. But... That situation is really no different than any other. That's what Avram and Sarah are teaching us. Now again, we say, okay, that's great that you're teaching us, but it's really hard to learn the lesson. We have to remember that's why we call them Avram Avinu and Sarah Imenu. It means that that DNA was implanted in us. We have the ability. It's there. It may be dormant. It may be sleeping. But as we learn these parashas and we try so that can wake up, and then hopefully we'll live lives that are all Kulan Shavim Latova. Have a wonderful evening, a wonderful week. Ruchim to you.